This is the John Oakley Show podcast. Man, oh man, the day is just clipping along. It's either that or I'm finally getting used to operating from a bunker uh, down at the chateau here. Does anyone ever get used to being isolated this way? I don't think so. Uh, at some point, uh, and with the weather getting increasingly nice, boy, it's a great one today. And uh, supposed to be up around 10, 11 degrees right through the weekend. Yeah, how do you stay isolated? That's the big question. And uh, yet we're being implored on a daily basis uh, to really hunker down even more so than I guess many of us had anticipated was necessary to do. That's why I've been talking up maybe the nuclear option where uh, we go to this emergency act. We have a, a comprehensive, consistent policy you know, right across the country, and everybody just uh, does what they have to do in the short term, we're told, and then we flatten the curve and get out of this sooner rather than later. Otherwise, we prolong the agony. Against that backdrop earlier today, uh, the mayor was really uh, quite irritated that they're still not getting the message, some people. And so he said, well, you know what, uh, we're going to make sure we've got a blitz on. That's what his words. And uh, we're going to enforce the municipal bylaw $750 tickets to anybody who's still congregating in public places like parks and uh, on basketball courts, and up to $5,000 if you break the quarantine order. So before we get to our panel and topics worthy of discussion, sort of a scatter approach to uh, a lot of things that COVID-19 hath wrought economically and uh, as well psychologically, and certainly uh, when it comes to health care. But I wanted to get the deputy mayor in here. Stephen Holliday, who joins us as a rule on Thursdays, usually with the panel, is the deputy mayor and counselor for Ward 2 at Tobacco Center, and he's joined the Oakley Show. How you doing, Stephen? Oh, I'm doing great, John. Always a pleasure to talk to you. And yeah, uh, I, I actually enjoyed what you had to say there about, you know, the, the, the lack of consistency in some of the rules around the country. I think you got a good point there. Well, you know... And I hate to bring this up because uh, it was a different time and it was seen as being overly draconian, but there was kettling done at the G20 back in 2010. And if you uh, know that this was a way uh, and it, you know, just drew a whole lot of innocent folks together and uh, took them out of the equation from presenting any clear and present danger. I'm just saying if you've got people congregating in a park, you know, rather than have one officer come along on a horse, they're going to scatter. You know, let's just really send a a harsh message because this is endangering everybody. And uh, we just can't have this. And I'm thinking, take the bitter pill up front and let's hopefully get out of this sooner rather than later. Am I wrong about that? No, I think I think you got a good point. I, I think though the nice the nice news that we've seen in this is probably more so than than ever before. We see governments fairly well aligned. Uh, I know definitely there's consistencies between what the province has been saying and what the city of Toronto has been saying around how things have unfolded with COVID and the rules and the dialogue, the intergovernmental work that goes on between the two of them. And uh, to see that at a national level would be an excellent thing as well. These are really tough decisions, these rules. Um, They're about taking away people's civil liberties uh, for the greater good of society. And you know, if you're a, a libertarian in terms of philosophy, you take that approach that, you know, why can't I do it as long as I'm not harming somebody else? The other side of the equation is, is if the healthcare system gets flooded because you get sick or you get a, a healthcare worker sick, you are hurting the greater society. And sometimes it's not apparent to people. And you got to put the rules in place and have the stick instead of the carrot to get people to comply. Yeah, I mean, it's tantamount to 
shouting fire in a crowded theater. Uh, right. Effectively, yeah. Stephen, let me ask you, I mean, as the deputy mayor, uh, what steps is the city taking to uh, maybe offer some financial relief to people who are strapped now? You know, we were talking last hour with uh, Peter Tavins and uh, Anthony Fury and the numbers on restaurants that are, you know, or food service jobs that have been lost so far. Nearly a third have been lost in uh, Ontario. And I'm imagining Toronto, the biggest city, you know, uh, this is the bulk of them happening I mean, on rents, uh, any other municipal taxes, services, and things like that, what breaks would the city be offering? Yeah, this is a a tough conversation because uh, I think the best thing we can do is do everything in our power as a city to get us through the COVID emergency as quickly as possible so that the period of time that people are out is the minimal amount. Look, there's no secret, there's no surprise that municipalities, provincial, federal governments, I mean, we are incurring expenses to get through this. And we're going to have to really think about our financial plans over the longer term about how we're going to pay for it. But, you know, looking at where our sources of revenue are, it's the property tax regime. Um, It's a really tough thing to start to think about handing out financial incentives the same way that the federal government can do it through the income tax base. So uh, my philosophy, personally at least, is uh, the focus on, you know, what are the tools and powers that we've got at hand to make things better, to make things smoother, uh, to do things like deferring payments, which we've done, uh, because we have the power to do that, um, knowing that, you know, we can't go back and say we're going to double taxes next year to pay for all of it. We're just not equipped as a municipality to do that type of movement of money. So uh, can we anticipate once we get clear of this, uh, maybe fewer potholes going to get filled? There's going to be a reduction in services? Well, uh, you know, those conversations are going on. Can we can we defer things like paving roads uh, or building certain facilities and understanding what the risks are of deferring those are definitely conversations that have to be had. But at the same token, uh, any councillor, and I think most citizens would understand, we've got to do what we've got to do to get through this. This is this is about saving lives. And, uh, you know, I think uh, from my discussions with other councillors, there's a lot of unanimity on council. People are working together on this with the same philosophy of let's get through it and then figure out how we're going to pay for it. Again, Stephen Holliday, Deputy Mayor and Councillor for Ward 2, is on the line with us. So, you know, in other precincts, I'm noticing that uh, there's a real concern of the COVID-19 uh, taking off in the homeless community. Uh, what's the situation in Toronto and with shelters and the like? Well, we know that the shelters are executing their plans to create um, a few different categories of spaces in addition to thinning out the numbers of people in the shelters. So they, they've opened up some temporary locations to make more space between individuals but they're also thinking it through that inevitably uh, people that are homeless are going to get sick and they're going to need to go somewhere while they wait for their test results and you know they have to as well uh, comply with the chief medical officers of health's order that says you need to be isolated from others if you are sick or you are awaiting test results. And finally, they're looking at a specialized shelter. Uh, They're putting that together for people that have been diagnosed so that they can heal and get better in in the same place uh, and not spread the virus to the rest of the population. And in addition, they'll have some supports at that location to help them make them through getting better. I hear that uh, there are about 500 police officers off because of, uh, you know, 
being infected or having worked with somebody who was, do we still have adequate staffing with the, the frontline officers? So uh, I can only say I have not seen that as a red flag. Uh, the, the police force, uh, and like you know, many of the municipal departments, are large and robust, and there's always opportunities to shift and move people around. I remember watching the uh, the fire chief talk about this, uh, or Chief Peg talk about the fire service, and uh, and you know his conclusions. And I'll paraphrase what he said at the press conference: is you know there is there is room in the system to make sure you've got people on the front lines. Uh, but this is going to challenge any large organization, and the city is no different because of all the reasons that people may have been quarantined. I, the, the time is is passing now for those that may have traveled with their families on March break. But you know, a lot of people were were uh, required to not go to work because of their travel to the U.S. or other places. Um, but at some point, people are going to be sick, and uh, maybe their families are sick, and for whatever reason, they're going to miss work. But um, so far, as a councillor, I have every confidence that we're able to rise to that, and I, I think um, uh, Chief Pegg would be raising those issues if uh, he had concerns. Before I let you go, I've got to ask you about municipal offices. Uh, everything's still working as an essential service there, you know, people coming in, uh, whatever it is, I guess there may be a moratorium on traffic tickets and that, but uh, making applications and doing this and that. Because the Service Canada Centres, uh, the union pulled the workforce and everybody's doing it virtually now rather than actually facing a living person, uh, which has dismayed a lot of people who wanted to maybe uh, get their EI claim in sooner rather than later. I mean, it's just been a dog's breakfast. What about municipal offices? So a lot of our offices are closed because the services associated with them are closed. You know, for instance, at this time, they're not issuing new building permits. Uh, but I can tell you conversations are happening every day to figure out. And in fact, I'm involved in some of the deeper, more long-term conversations about how we will eventually restart those services when the time is right. But for now, uh, many of those front counter services, because of the human face-to-face -face interaction and the potential to spread, um, are, are ramped down. I'm not aware of any particular pinch points where somebody is not able to go on with life or deal with a critical issue because they can't access it. Most things can be done electronically or over the phone. And uh, for now, uh, we're making do. But, you know, over time, we will have to look at which services need to come back online first and what is the orderly way that we're going to do that. And I, and I will add is, uh, you know, a lot of city workers are still working remotely. And so things are happening in the background. It's just some of the more public-facing services had to be closed and uh, will close uh, and reopen with advice on it from people like the Chief Medical Officer of Health. All right, a big shout-out, too, to the garbage workers. I mean, the waste management, whatever we call it. I mean, they came along dutifully today and uh, took the bin, did the mechanical thing, even the food scraps, and uh, which are piling up because everybody's eating at home these days. And uh, they're still manning the rampart. So I just wanted to give them props. Uh, Stephen, we'll let you go on that note. Thank you very much. Always a pleasure, John. You got it. Stephen Holliday, Deputy Mayor, Councillor Ward 2, Etobicoke Center. Yeah, I got to give uh, props where they're due. And, you know, we talked about the truckers, too, and, you know, put up the clamor that uh, they ought to, have, ought to have access to uh, washrooms, especially when they're making a delivery to a company and the company tells them, no, you can't uh, practice good hygiene here. That's just outrageous.
Thanks for listening to the John Oakley Show podcast. Be sure to rate, review, and subscribe for free at Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and anywhere else you get your on-demand audio.